0: Welcome to the Willow in the Windies with David Oram. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Yardley tried his best, for that won the test. They gave the crowd plenty fun. The second test and West Indies one with those little pals of mine.
1: Hello and welcome to this extra edition of The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. With me, David Aron. I'm delighted to be joined today by a uh, Caribbean journalist uh, who's uh, joined me before to talk about things. Let's call them things political. Uh, it's uh, Colin Benjamin. Hello, Colin. How are you?
0: I'm cool, David, and thanks for having me on again. And for all your viewers, we're going to have a good show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's hope so. Uh, Particularly, we want to look at the recent developments in, um, let's call it a standoff, between the WICB and the uh, and, and the CARICOM heads of government. There's a lot to more to it than that. But Colin, until recently, you were a, a regular sports writer and journalist for Trinidad Newsday. Uh, you, you've moved to North America now, I understand.
0: Yeah, well, from a cricket perspective, it's, it's kind of cool to be away from the madness of the West Indies for a while but I'm not really I'm just away physically mentally I'm still there yeah I still hear everything sometimes a bit too much (laughs) so so this is where we are as you said just now the carry come stuff I don't even know where to start with that
1: (laughs) well we'll we'll find the starting point in a moment I'm I'm the same as you uh, uh, Colin and I don't even have the, the the Caribbean heritage that you have Although we will point out that both of us were born in Walthamstow, we found out. We are both born in the same hospital yeah, awesome yeah. in East London. Yeah. But apart That's from that, connection. That's connection. <laughs> apart from that, I stayed there and, and and you went to Trinidad. I'm now in uh, Pakistan. But yeah, it is yeah. possible to follow these things from the outside. But I know that in your case, you're much more connected and have been uh, with the players. You were very, very close uh, to a lot of the players um, when you were in Trinidad. And I know you've still got a, a heck of a lot of connection, So you can uh, represent... Uh, that side of what people are thinking, but but really, well, where 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 do you think we stand at the moment? I, I tell you what, let's find a starting point, okay, and then we yeah. can perhaps work backwards. Let's talk for a start about the interview that Dr. Keith Rowley gave on Trinidad uh, Morning TV. I think it was a couple of days ago. Now he was asked yeah. by Fazia Mohammed uh, yeah. where the Caricom leaders are now in this standoff. With the uh, the WICB, um, he he sort of denied that the the indications that there was even murmurs that some of the governments would withhold the use of national stadiums from the WICB until things yeah. were addressed. Um, I mean, what were your feelings about the interviews about the interview and what uh, Doctor Rowley was uh, was saying?
0: Well, it's from. Yeah. It's been interesting to see the new Trinidad prime minister get so involved because he's essentially taken over the role that Ralph Gonzalez used to have. Mm. Because, as you might have noticed, ever since Mr. Cameron got re-elected, it's just been Dr. Keith Mitchell has been talking all the time. Yeah. So, in a way, now we have a third character prime minister who seems to understand the dynamic of the WICB, which I think is very important going forward, whatever they do, whether, whether they actually go through with this or not. Mm-hmm. Because the problem I would have is if we have a come head who's just, who's talking about this, who understands the frustration from the players' point of view and media point of view, but then does not understand the dynamics of the WICV. So listening to Dr. Ali talk on the show with Fazir it's been refreshing. He understands what's going on clearly. And one of the one of more humorous things and strong points he made in interviews when he said that he had hoped, and I, I think that I'm just paraphrasing him here, that that India had actually bankrupted the WICB and CARICOM did not have to go through this. Mm. In all the things I've heard, and I, we've heard a lot of strong statements from, from Mr. Mitchell at the Grenada, what was it, sports um, tech ceremony about two weeks ago as well? To me, that was very strong.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that was like hard-hitting. Like, he's essentially saying, well, oh, my goodness, if India had just done this, this would have been over. But and also they all, all, all also said that they're trying to understand or seek legal advice to understand what is the WICB. And I think that was interesting for the simple reason is this. The last WICB AGM in Jamaica, um, all the boards signed on and said they disagreed with CARICOM. Ram Naran, probably the most divisive figure <laughs> in West Indies cricket from the board perspective. But when he talks, this man is hardly ever wrong. He's been saying for a long time, WICB is a show. You're going to take down a WICB. You need to, every carry country individual use to disband their boards or look into their own boards. So I think that correlation was stark. Mm. You have the boards signing on, this document saying they disagree with CARICOM, and now CARICOM trying to find out what is the WICB. So Mm. you see where I'm going with this. If Mm. they they get a correct legal advice, I think that they will realize, as Ram Ryan has been always saying, that they are a shell. And if you want to do anything to WICB at this next CARICOM meeting in Guyana in July, you're going to have to probably go through from the individual boards first. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's um a hell of a lot to this and we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours and everybody would fall asleep. But I find <laughs> this all very, very interesting personally. Uh-huh. So we're gonna we're gonna keep chatting and um it's motivations though. Um I I've got so many questions and it's trying to find which is the first one to ask. Um mm. the 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 CARICOM is hell bent or is very keen on um, a reform, a disbanding of the WICB. Uh, the Barrito report, um, that it said that... Uh, well, it said many things, and, and many of them, I, I confess, I disagreed with. I thought that the Barrito report was one of the worst written uh, reports I've ever read. But that is not to dismiss the previous reports into governance of the WICB, that had uh, yeah. come out, the Patterson Report, Lucky, etc., Wilkin. Um, the other day, the West Indies Cricket Board said that they're going to go back to those and revisit those. They seem to be trying to make the right noises, but that doesn't seem yeah. to be enough. There does seem to be this insistence yeah. that the West Indies Cricket Board, as it stands, is dissolved. Isn't this, isn't this rather destructive? Is <laughs> like this To me After all these
0: reports And I, I actually agree with that point you made That how the Barito report was written It was a little confusing mm-hmm. uh, I'll be straight up It's like For me it's very simple You, you want to disband them Just like how we've seen In, in 2015 The Sri Lanka government um, Had an IMC running their cricket For the whole year yeah. Just like how Pakistan had um, you're there twice since 2012. Governments took it over. Yeah. So the problem essentially will come is the process. Like how, for example, how do you want to do this? Um, like, okay, we in the Caribbean we also have a situation with football who has, who have similar controversies. The thing I, I, I always, people, we've seen recently how FIFA has had their big problems. Yeah. But one of the things they have done very, very well is that they've, for over over 30 years, they've had a clear policy, no government intervention in sport. And they have had these very well-organized normalization committees that they would send to places in the Caribbean, in Africa, sometimes in Asia, that before a government has to do anything to help a, a football FA these normalization committees do the job. Sometimes they involve outsiders. Sometimes they involve people from other sporting disciplines. And they technically always work. Some countries who may be, sad to say, have a lot of corruption in the society, even if a FIFA installs a normalization committee, they have to come back over and over again. Just like obviously in cricket with Pakistan and Sri Lanka. They've had so many IMs since the turn of the millennium that it's ridiculous. Hmm. But ICC has never banned them for doing what they have to do. ICC is a set setback, has the weak governing body that they are, and let those countries fight their demons. It's sad to say the Caribbean is just like that. There's a lot of poor administration, a lot of sports. <laughs> and so I think from that perspective, it... Even if caricom is not sure exactly how they're going to do this, they they there is the example of football they can use with the normalization committee a, a way how to structurally set up this stuff. But this is just, this is just my point of view. Yeah, you know. But they, so the, I think that's the next step of all of this. Whatever, whatever whatever legal advice they get, which I hope is good legal advice of what. Is the WICB before they make a move at the next CARICOM meeting? Somebody needs to start thinking about how will this new temporary <clears throat> WICB body look like? Because for me, if, if I like, I'm fully with the CARICOM group to this band WICB. I am concerned though that if this next meeting is, or let's say a big decision happens in Guyana, yeah, that is in July. What is happening in July? CPL, yeah. This India's coming. That would cause a lot of confusion because if obviously they have the, the Caribbean players' best interest here, obviously in the Caribbean fans potentially making a decision during that time can cause a lot of confusion. To me, they really want to quick it up. They could do it right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, do, do it before the tri series with Australia and South Africa starts.
1: Okay. Um there's there's a, there's a lot of assumptions I think from from that uh, that side of the uh, of the argument that things will be better and, and and let's let's take it at face value let's let's say that uh, the West Indies cricket board would be if it was disbanded and replaced by something else that it would be better that it would be better run I think those are a lot of big assumptions to make but let's let's just just say so. Um, but I'm concerned about what what the motivations are here, and if they are necessarily what's in the best interest of um, West Indies cricket. There was there was things in Keith Rowley's comments that, frankly, I found disturbing. You you touched upon there that uh, he he was almost disappointed that India didn't uh, call in their 42 million debt. I don't want to go over again whose no. fault that was. Um, I think there's people that have to agree to disagree. Many people point the fingers at the board. I'm one of those that points the fingers at the players. But even putting that to one side, um, he seemed to indicate that it would have been good if the West Indies Cricket Board had had that debt called in upon them and disbanded them, and so it collapsed down into the regional bodies. I can't see how the dissolution of West Indies cricket is... Good for the region. I know there are people that think that in the longer term it may be in the ter- each territory's interest to go it alone, but mm. that really is destroying the idea, the ideal, the unity of West Indies cricket. And I don't see that what the CARICOM Prime Ministers are pushing towards as being a unifying thing. Am I, am I just completely wrong?
0: I don't know if you're completely wrong, but I, I see what you're saying. I read his point of view more along the lines of, okay, this board has been dysfunctional for so long, this was the end of the tether, Mm. that India situation. So if this would happen, West Indies would have been bankrupted. And instead of Caricom having to go through this review of Mm. what to do next, they would have already buried themselves and then... You may, have, you may have had a situation where Karrickum had to step in anyway. Yeah. and it's, 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 I think that does more what he was trying to get at. I don't want to speak totally on behalf of the Prime Minister, but I'm guessing mm. that's where he was going at. Because as I said, he is one of the few Prime ministers that actually understands the intricacies of WICB and World Cricket. Of all of them. So when he talks, uh, there is there's, there's no sense of a head of so there's just blabbling. Like maybe like in England football we have um, Greg Dyke as the FA head. When he talks, he just like, what are you saying, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's where I interpreted Mr. Rowley's comments. But at the end of the day, um, let's say in, in a way, it's funny because you look at how it's been interesting to see. The, okay, India coming, right? Yeah. Uh, we see we've seen right now the new um, BCCI and Mr. Manuhar has already started The process of trying to disband the big tree So in a way It's like, how can I say this We all know in this problem World cricket, they get money from so many Ways, it's ridiculous <laughs> And maybe he probably came in and just thought Well look, 42 million We lost it, but these guys are broke we, we, We're making that money back every other week Let's go man You know So to me Again, can't say for sure but probably they just came out of sympathy. They probably felt there's probably no reason to punish Westonese that hard anyway. They probably made the money back, and they're going to play this series. They, they, they don't expect to lose, although, as Dave Cameron is keep, keeps trying to tell us, in 2017, Westonese would will, will be great again. So, <laughs> so, whatever, man. So, yeah, so that's how I look at it. it um... As I keep saying, I'm on the side of the disillusion. But as I said at the previous point, we need to get to the point very quickly of how this panel will look. Because I I, I see what you're saying with this, what you're saying. In the midst of all this frustration about what the WICB is doing, at the end of the day, even if CARICOM takes it over or implements a committee that takes it over, we need to have a clear idea of how this works. Because that could be a total shambles too if it isn't organized properly. yeah, And then we would have a big argument again. Well, okay, you, everyone was calling for Caricom to come in, and then they've done nonsense because there, there's, a people, there's a side of the argument people always say that, okay, Caricom doesn't do a great job in their job. So you, now you want to get involved with cricket. So that will give those detractors of the Caricom yeah. being get involved in cricket ammunition to say, we told you so. So CARICOM has to be careful how they operate. That's why, for example, this is, this, I'm just showing an example out here. If CARICOM was to implement an interim committee, they have to have a lot of, let's say, CARICOM people or in, in sports, and even in cricket, who are... Who, it needs to be a good vetting process, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Let, let's think about it. Think about anyone in the Caribbean, in, in cricket, any sport that have good administrative background. I will give a one example right here. The current... Sean Tobago Football Association president, David John Williams, who mm. ran the most successful soccer club of all I worked for, direct W Connection, for a long time. You won't find any example of administrative um, deficiency in his record. For a football club in the Caribbean to go so long with no problems is amazing. So uh, when, we, when we think about someone in a with a, with a sporting background, and a strong administrative skills like that. Maybe someone who's been involved in Jamaica athletics. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, even guys like Rudy Webster, Holden, um, the former president Pat Rousseau. Yeah. Pe- 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 people might like it. Even Ramner me But in the, the day when he ran Reaper, oh, they did a very good job. Uh, so, it's
1: certainly very efficient.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Even if you want to go outside the Caribbean, I don't know the former. Um, Federation of International Cricketers Head Tim May Yes. So, yeah, it's got to be as like I said before earlier when we started talking, it has to mimic the FIFA style normalisation committee
1: yeah, yeah, now okay yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, can, I can see there's a, there's a model there, um, yeah. or the outlines of a model, a sketch of a model there that would yeah. be better on the existing structure of the WICB, I'm happy to concede that point um, yeah I will cut to the chase though, to a degree, Um, and I might be well off here, but it's always seemed to me from the outside that so much of this would not be there, Uh, there would not be the disgruntlement that exists with so many people, so many players, so many uh, journalists that have been offended. Um, if Dave Cameron wasn't there. It seems to me to be continually, and this is not my critique of Dave Cameron, I don't know the man, I've never spoken to him, I've exchanged the odd tweet with him, that's it. Uh, I know that there is a huge personality clash here, there are, particularly Dr. Gonzales and Dr. Keith Mitchell feel affronted by the way that he reneged on the Hyatt Agreement, as I say, I don't want to go over old ground. I don't think Dr. Gonzalez should have got involved in that, but that's my own sure. personal opinion. Um, certainly an agreement, a gentleman's agreement was made, which he reneged on. And since then, his style of leadership has been described... Well, the words that Dr. Uh, Dr. Rowley used yesterday, and I think he had uh, Dave Cameron in mind, uh, recalcitrant and bombastic.
0: Those words.
1: <laughs> Michael Holding wrote, uh, 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 spoke in a very good article written by somebody called Colin Benjamin. I, 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 I direct you towards it, Colin, uh, uh, in Crick Buzz uh, recently. Uh, his dismay, his annoyance, having been mentioned by Dave Cameron in relation to the uh, the fact that Tony Cozier is going to be suing Mr Cameron for his comments about why he's not comment- commenting anymore. Um as I say am I am I way off target there or is so much of this actually not about the WICB but about Dave Cameron's style of leadership
0: ok well I'll try my best because unlike you I have spoken to him many times just like many of the players just like Tony and Michael and it's going to be difficult for me to stay neutral
1: now, but I will try my best. Okay. Oh, please well, let's don't. Go. <laughs> you're, not, you're not here to talk to me, Colin, talk to yeah, be neutral. Well, I okay, want your I'll, I'll passionate go, opinion. But I'll just go as, as
0: gentle as I can. <sighs> it is... It does have a lot to do with his personality because the players and anyone who's interacted with him is a combination of... It's like this. Let, let, let me use a political example. Hmm. Um... Right now, we all see the U.S. elections: Democrat versus Republican. Yeah. Even back in England, Conservative versus um, Labour. Labour. Let's say you are a Democrat or you were a Labour, and you voted, and the Conservative or the Republican won. Obviously, that means that the ideology that they represent would be running the country now. Right. That's fine. Like that's 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 democracy, right? Yeah. It's, someone with a different point of view of how they want the country or in, now West and East Cricket organization to run, is in charge. You don't agree, but in, in, in the spirit of democracy, you're going to try to negotiate stuff. That's Dave Cameron. He, rep, Let's say um, Labour, he represents the conservative view of how West East Cricket should be run. Mm-hmm. That's fine, but he is, he is gone past conservative, conservative, or Republican, Republican. Yeah. He's almost like Donald Trump-like thinking or Nick Clegg-like thinking in the sense that the, the, the path he wants Weston East to go and the policies that he's doing it is so beyond uh, understanding now. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, for example, as when, when Tony Kozio put the lawsuit out, I think it was George Zabel from Quick Info told me that he's done a, he's done a very good job to piss off the nicest man in world cricket journalism. Mm. Mm. That, that that that's factual. Like I don't know Tony Kojit that well personally, but we we've spoken a lot. He's just the one of the nicest men I've ever met. So yeah. for him to even take the decision to sue Dave Cameron is like whoa. What? We know Michael Holand is always at it. <laughs> yeah. It's like in a lot of ways it's like it's a the fact that he even decided to even Made that statement to me publicly, is like that was a big deal because, like, he doesn't really like this. He just attacks when he wants to. Yeah. He doesn't care. he He's one person who always tells me, Look, I'm too young for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get away from this. You're North American now. Leave them alone. I will attack when I want to. But even him is like, and Holden is right. Like, let's think about it that lawsuit for a minute. Kojer is suing for defamation. When those town hall meetings were going around the Caribbean, I went to two of them. Hmm. And I wasn't there when he made the comments, but why did you call Michael in his name? His response in the Barbados Nation didn't even make sense. even He was like, he well, how do you start his comments? This, is, this isn't about my perceived arrogance or intransigence. That's what he said. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you, you're actually hearing the people and the journalists who keep accusing you of this. That's cool. And he keep going, you know, he mentioned Michael Olin's name just like that. Like, why?
1: Mm.
0: Holden, as as Holden rightfully said, he said at the town hall meeting, that same town hall in Barbados, that the reason Holden does not commentate anymore in the Caribbean is because of his contractual obligations with Sky Sports. Holden proved that to be totally inaccurate because when England were in the Caribbean last year, Mm -hmm. wherever England goes, Mike Holden is there. England were just in South Africa. Holden was there. But for some reason, when England came here last year, Holden did not come. And Holden was commenting it with West Indies cricket since um, cricket was first broadcast in the Caribbean in 1990. Yeah, but suddenly, since Dave Cameron came in, him, Tony, and even Reds are no longer heard on certain broadcast networks. And for many Caribbean f- fans or journalists who grew up hearing these guys, is like we are there. Yeah. you know. So, so as I said, that's just one part of it. And I do not know too many media guys, personally, who are too fond of Dave Cameron. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah it's like, I have, I have many conversations with many of them during the week, every as, as pretty frequently. And as I told you before, in private conversations, many West Indian journalists, it's like, they accept that this man needs to go, <laughs> but, there are other sports to deal with, so they rather just let the ducks fly where they need to be, yeah. you know? Yeah, there is... Because let's look at it from a domestic point of view. You have certain boards right now, like back home in general, that you know what's going on there. Um, it's craziness, you know? Look at the situation with Son on the Ryan. Look at what's going on with the situation with the the guys who went to Bangladesh and got their contracts taken away. Yeah. We could even go all the way back to when Ram, Ramden lost his captaincy. Yeah. This is from the TTCB, who for a long time were looked upon as the most organized cricket ward in the Caribbean, who people have hinted, even though the TTCB never officially said this, that this is one Caribbean country that if they want to go solo, they can go. Everything is in order. But as we've noticed, as one of the players told me recently, for a long time, going back to when Darren Ganga was captain, when a team is winning, administrators don't have to do much work. Yeah, their their work comes in when a team starts losing. Hence, ever since the established Trinidad players started becoming less and less regular in the team because of going and playing the IPL and so on and so on and so forth, the team started losing a lot. And that's where the test of the current. As in Bassarat regime in the last year has been pretty chaotic. Guyana is winning a lot in the four-day competition, but that does not change the fact that they are an illegally constituted cricket board mm-hmm. that the West Indies cr- cricket board simply did not want to sort out because the votes from Guyana was probably one of the reasons why Dave Cameron got re-elected and elected the first time. So they're friends. They're, he's not going to break that up. For two years, they didn't have cricket there, and they're not going to have a tri-series in a few months. So there's no way WICB is going to try and and do anything to upset their friends at the guy on the cricket board, which is terrible. The, um,
1: the guy on the cricket board uh, continuing civil war there um that's not something i want to go into here and it's far yeah, it's too complicated <laughs> for me but i think that is something i would like to revisit sometime so go away with that thought colin and sometime yeah. in the future when there's more developments on that we'll we'll, we'll get into that uh, um minefield um again going, sticking with um with dave cameron um there was a comment on uh, sportsmax when uh, uh, they were talking about cosier suing uh, Simon Crosskill did say um, just uh, quietly that he felt that uh, if, if he were Dave Cameron he ought to sort of settle uh, <laughs> well, 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 that, that I think was his own observation um, but to return to the, the, the problem of Cameron it, it's, it seems to me one though of style over substance um, as I say, I don't know the man but I know that he has immense critics I would suggest that there has been some genuine breakthroughs in his administration. It's interesting, though, that um, the last contract dispute, which hasn't been resolved before this 2020 competition, that um, it wasn't Dave Cameron representing the WICB this time. I think a decision had been made after the way he really cocked it up in the Indian strike. He really put backs up. And he did not help the situation. Uh, he might say that if he had his time over, he would do things differently. Well, this time, it was Michael Muirhead that uh, uh, tried to address the situation. And uh, he was still strong and forthright, but I thought he was a little bit more um, uh, level with it. But there doesn't seem to be, and is this Caricom's problem, that there isn't a genuine alternative to him as a leader through the system as it lasts. Joel Garner has stood up against him and has not won. And I don't think it's quite as simple as because he's had the Guyana votes. Um, Joel Garner's had his own critics in Barbados and his own challenges with the administration there. Um, There are people out there good enough to do this job, as you alluded to and named many names, Um, but within the system they're they're perhaps not there. But I would still myself, from my point of view, defend the achievements and the direction that the WICB has tried to take in the in the years of Cameron's administration i think a lot of good has come out of the Pybus report and the things that he's brought in and they've invested a lot of time and effort into mm. the uh, professional cricketers um, setup i know that has upset a lot of the mm. senior international cricketers because of the redistribution of money but that's something that if it were me and I were in that position, I'd be prepared to write off the current generation of cricketers over the age of 30, most of whom are playing this 2020 World Cup, to invest in the younger ones. Is there not room for the CARICOM leaders and the WICB to find a level of compromise where they can work with Dave Cameron, or if need be, say, OK, we can work with the WICB, but we can't work with this man, and be more open about it, because I don't think all sides have been really transparent in what is driving them in this uh, in this conflict.
0: That's a good point. It's like this. Let's, let's look at Dave Cameron's presidency from both terms. When um, the Pibers report came out, I read it. It made perfect sense for anyone to understand West cricket and what we needed to do to trying to address some of the the deficiencies in domestic cricket. The whole idea of professionalizing the 4 d competition makes perfect sense, right? Mm. The CPL, as I think it was first suggested in the Patterson report, finally coming to fruition, makes perfect sense. The idea of making the um, the, the other players from other Caribbean countries play in in other uh, territories of your non-heritage makes perfect sense, as we, I think anyone can say, up until the India fallout. Yeah. The only issue I had with Dave Cameron up to that point was when they prevented Narayan from playing in the New Zealand Test Series. That was the only issue I had. Yeah. And looking back, we've seen situations that shows how that intransigence is hurting the team. But we'll get back to that in a minute. Yeah. I've looked at this problem a lot. I've spoken to the players. I've I've spoken to the WICB guys, Pirates, Cameron, Mirrorhead. Here is what I would say is the issue with the redistribution and how things are set up. The ideas are okay, but financially, West Indies Cricket Board can't afford to do it. Hmm. One of the biggest problems with West Indies Cricket in the last 15 years, outside of the bad administration, is, 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 is the development of talent. I think Dr. Mitchell mentioned that in his Grenada Sports um, Awards speech about two, two weeks ago. Yeah. The current generation of first-class cricketers, there's a lot of, to choose my words lightly, dead weight. Mm. You have guys like Devon Smith, who's still making runs every season. Yeah. But you, we know for a fact, if West Indies, we have a, a problem with openers right now. Let's say. Clive Lloyd wants to pick Devon Smith against India in July. Mm. Almost certainly he will fail again. Nikita Miller takes wickets every season. It's like Al Valentine. (laughs) But we know for a fact that if he plays for the West Indies, he's not going to get no wickets. There's a reason why only Narine, Bishu, and Schillingford, before he he got called, were the Mm. only three spinners. Despite every season, we look at the standings. We have 10 spinners in the top 10 leading wicket takers. Yeah. There's a reason. Caribbean batsmen plays been poorly. The pitches are terrible. Uh, so this, this, this is a problem. So essentially, you, you have taken money away from the seniors and given back to a failed generation of very, very bad domestic talent. And they're not going to become good. Oh, in in two seasons this is this process eventually i won't i won't be surprised if in 10 years from now the the process of this professionalization will probably get better cricketers i don't doubt that at all but they don't have the money to do it so quickly yeah. if you get what i'm trying to say yeah yeah
1: it's not quick
0: for right. example yeah like okay simple example every, like if you look at Western cricket world press releases right now every player that makes 100 every player that takes a five and they're they, they praising them right this is the same pcl that they they like for example shy hope and shane dowridge was the talk of the town last season <laughs> after the first cpo yet this same shy hope who i like as a batsman but they've already began to mess up his career by playing him as an opener oh well good lord what are you doing let the guy ban the middle order this, this is the same Shane Dowridge who I, I'm still laughing at it up to today I, 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 I still forget walking into Park that test match and I picked up this the paper and I saw Shane Dowridge at number four I'm like what the hell is going on here
1: well let, let, let's 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 be fair though because um, yeah. I entirely agree with you, and Shane Dowich, there's no way in any regional side that he would bat ahead of Dinis Randin. No way. Dinis Randin exactly. is a better bat, exactly. and we all know that. But it's not the fault of the WICB that the selectors have made some ridiculous decisions.
0: That's very true. It's like I That's been my biggest disappointment that we have. Two legends of West Indies selectors, and they aren't doing anything much better than when Clyde Bus was in charge. Yeah, they've probably done worse. This is the problem. But at the same time, as yeah. we've seen with the the, the interference problems that the, the board is trying to prevent certain guys from playing. For example, we, Mike and Maria told me about a week or two ago that um, in the investigations um, to Phil Simmons where Kozier also revealed that Dave Cameron had told Coach Phil that for Bravo and Pollard to play anything or than T20 cricket, he needed a letter of commitment from them. Hmm. They, they claimed they found no investigations, though evidence of that. I, I, I know people very close to Phil Simmons. Hmm. That is not that's not accurate. And I don't know whether a coach will eventually do like Kozier and Take up, take up a
1: legal option but that's not true Well, I, I dare say we'll hear a lot more when Phil Simmons yeah, exactly. um, yeah, like, is, is away from it and I don't think any of us would be surprised if he wasn't in that position within the next 12 months because I think his frustrations yeah. are there for all to see uh, and the other name that I heard regularly yeah. as being uh, the, the real stick in the mud on this that these guys would not come back was Pimus himself who's often very quiet about things but he is the one who's running the cricket side of things in the Caribbean, and um, so I have been told, so I don't know if it's true or not, but he is the one that said, no, these guys, if they're not committed, they're not in.
0: Exactly. It's a combination of both, I would say. I would say it's a combination of both Cameron and Pagos holding that position, and along the lines they've gotten Lloyd on their side. Hmm. Because, let's be frank right now, like you, you touched on the fact that the controversy before the World Cup, just now, yeah. and it's funny because it's like I was telling someone this the other day. Um, at Holland, I alluded to it in his in his talk too. Three years ago, when everyone was on Darren Sammy's case that he's a board he's a board player, blah blah blah, and now suddenly now he's been cast, cast chastised as one of them, <laughs> the the two kind of mercenaries. Yeah. It's the same thing we print up over and over, and that's why I hope. Jason Holder is watching what's going
1: on here. <laughs> Darren Sammy's almost become gamekeeper turned poacher.
0: Exactly. So I'm hoping Jason Holder is looking what's going on here. Yeah. He won't do it, but if he's smart, he would resign the captaincy right away. It's, it's, it's ridiculous that he's the West Indies captain right now. I think,
1: I think there needs to be clarity. I think Jason would have been very disappointed. He wasn't allowed to go off and play in the Pakistan Super League. And I thought the blocking of him doing that was absolutely right. He should have been playing four-day cricket. If he were the 2020 captain, yep, he should be off playing domestic 2020 cricket. He's not. He's the test captain. He should be playing uh, four-day cricket. I think the problems with a lot of these things are that there isn't the clarity. Personally, I felt that after what they did, that Dwayne Bravo... uh, Simmons, Pollard, the others, shouldn't be representing the West Indies again. But that's me with my very old-fashioned, very um, <laughs> extreme uh, views. Um, but it was undeniable but that it was a nonsense and a smokescreen for Clive Lloyd and the others to say that they were dropped for the World Cup. Because of form. Of course. Uh, of their their course. overall figures are, are nothing startling. But in that previous 12 months, Dwayne Bravo had done enough to be in the ICC team of the year, world team of the year. He had a great year. People had forgotten exactly. that superb innings of Pollard's in a one-day international, when I can't remember what the score was, 30 for four or something when he came in, and he made a uh, magnificent 80 or something to win a match, which is innings of true maturity. Um then the, I, th- mm. I wish all of the sides in the Caribbean were more open, more honest and not try and hide behind things. And if there is interference with the selectors, which we suspect, come out and say it and say so. I honestly think going back at the time mm. of the, 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 uh, the strike, West Indies cricket would have had more respect if they'd have done what they initially intended to do and sack everyone. It would have been extreme, but it would have been clear-cut rather than pussyfooting around and hiding behind things, and it would have been done and dusted. And they're still fighting these fights, CARICOM heads uh, with the WICB. I think still about that and about the dissatisfaction of the players, and I have every sympathy for those players. If I were a professional now, I would be trying to maximise my income to support my family at every stage. I'm not in that position, and I want to see what's for the greater good of West Indies cricket. And if that means taking money from Darren Samuel Criscow's pocket uh, to, to pay some young under-19 player, then I will do
0: it. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I agree with this in two simple ways. Okay, you mentioned a point by Jason Holder, right? As you would have noticed recently that all the West Indies players who are contracted were not chosen in the CPL draft. Remember that. Yeah. So they told Holy Okay, I understand that argument pretty good that okay, he's a test captain, you want him to play in the forty competition, right?
1: Yeah.
0: But there is how they set up the domestic system. They played a super fifty tournament before the T twenty World Cup. When India comes there, you're gonna have a T twenty competition, right? Mm. I would think in the in the simple logic of preparation, the fact that you The WICB set up a system this complicated. The fact that there was the Big Bash and the Pakistan League before the World Cup, that's ideal preparation. Let's just be realistic to the financial realities here. To play for the, the, the domestic competition, the WICB, even with all the financial revamps, is only paying 700 US per game. These guys in the Pakistan League And Big Bash were making between 50,000 to 75,000 US. Mm. In New Zealand, when um, I remember when New Zealand were playing, it was Pakistan recently in New Zealand, their young batsman, Henry Nichols, during that same series, New Zealand let him go and play in the Big Bash for a few games and come back. McCullum has not played or did not play a four day game for, I'm not sure what. I think it's, I think he plays for Canterbury. I could be wrong, but he hasn't essentially played a, a domestic four-day game in New Zealand in, in, in for much of his captaincy, mm. right? Mm. So it's all about being pragmatic. It's like yeah. okay, I understand it. They if it is the selectors view, Jason Holder as a so-called all-rounder, which he he isn't really, but if they want, I can understand you want him to stay and play. But all, that's what I'm saying is like, I hope he realizes what's going on here. Because the same thing Darren Sammy went through before, the same thing Gail went through, bravo. There's no evidence in the past that the WICB negotiates well with these guys when it comes to playing overseas. They always create an unnecessary and transigent position. Yeah. So Jason Olin, would, well, obviously he's captain, he will obviously say he won't vent his frustration publicly. I've asked some players what he's been saying. They haven't really given me the impression that he's been complaining behind the scenes. But I hope he understands what's going on here because, I, personally, I'm giving him about a year or so. Then you're going <laughs> to hear he he's one of the next two hundred mercenaries again. That's going to happen. I I
1: I, I fear you're right, and your point yeah. is well. Your point is well made because. Arguably, if you want these guys to commit to playing for the West Indies for far yeah. less money and not be playing at when there's a... Te- that was one of the problems with the New Zealand Tests and the Australia Series uh, the year before that, in uh, 2012, I think it was, when you had guys not playing in the Test match because they were off playing in the IPL. That, that to me, was wrong. But, yes, I can see your point that, OK, it'd be... A, a, Lovely to have Jason Holder playing in the four-day domestic competition, but no, yeah. as long as he makes himself available for inter- for the West Indies colours, the rest of the time he can go off and earn money yeah, to support because, his uh, family. Like and so, th- 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 I, I can see your argument. Yeah, there th- th- there is yeah, validity to it.
0: The end the is like this: World cricket, from a world cricket point of view, is a confusing situation. The yeah. ICC has failed to control the rise of T20 leagues. Yeah. Right? Wesley's Board, for example, have complained in the past that due to IPL, essentially the bulk of their domestic home prime months are taken over. That's why in the private report, they opened the window for IPL because they've realized after stupidly banning Chris Gale and um, pressuring Bravo and pulling in the past that it doesn't make sense to host international season when IPL is going on. Right? So that's in the private report. So, and in the past, we've, we've had to play certain games in the hurricane seasons and rainy season. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. So that's two, that's two problems that we have to take sympathy for the board for. So if you understand these problems that the ICC have created, why are you trying to punish the players for basically just trying to make money in the dynamics of world cricket? Yeah. The yes. reason why New Zealand have been so good is because they are not, they realized that they were a broke board in general and they let their best players play wherever they want. Look at last year in England. McCullum and these guys came into the England Test Series like two days before the game, even when New Zealand beat us in the Caribbean in 2014. Um, no, Yeah, 2014. Um, the game in Jamaica before the first Test. all of, None of them had come up in time. The same time when Westies were busy banning because he didn't he didn't come back from the IPL final. New Zealand played a game against a Jamaica team where you had Jamaicans playing on their side. doesn't mm-hmm. make up the balance. They didn't, that didn't cause any noise in the New Zealand camp. The coach, Mike Hesson just said, well, these guys will transition because they're good cricketers. And that's a problem, too, I, I've, I've always had. It's like, while the Pollards and the Bravos and the Russells and the Rhines have been name tag is just T200 players, they have not been given a chance to play test cricket by the selection panel. It's yeah. like, it is ridiculous to me that Narayan has not even played 30 test matches yet mm-hmm. That's because current and past, just before his action became an issue, Yeah, guys like Pomal played, too many Test matches, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. The fact that Shai Hope and these guys, Chandrika, has played a Test but before Pollard is ridiculous. Well,
1: well, let's we'll, 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 we'll castigate the selectors on a, on another occasion. Um, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're getting we're getting close to, to winding up. We've 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 yeah. droned on for an excess of forty five minutes. But uh, um, yeah. I think I think you've made some very good points, uh, and I've certainly had the opportunity to make my points. Um, of course. The where is the room though for, for for compromise. I think you made a very good point where um that you have likened the West Indies several times to the to New Zealand. I think that's something as an indicator that should be used more often because I think to compare the West Indies wages with England, Australia, the money just yeah. isn't there and the model, the successful model that the West Indies uh, need to adopt as, a, as some sort of framework is, is the New Zealand one. And I think they need to do that more often. And, and your points you made about the, the the freedom and allowance they allow to their players is a good one. Um, there is a lot of baggage there, though, with the likes of Dwayne Bravo and, and the others. So that may not happen uh, while they're on the scene, yeah. but certainly it can be done going forward. But to return to the WICB, is there room for the West Indies cricket board they will, they have said in their recent statements that what they have done with bringing in um, this uh, the new the new report their, their new report their independent team review with Don Waby that they feel that this is a move towards achieving some of the goals that have been pointed out the the CARICOM heads uh, as as recently mentioned by Keith Rowley and uh, Dr. Keith Mitchell and his address to the uh, Grenada Cricket Association. Links to both of those, I think I will put to this this podcast uh, yeah. for people to view. Um, they, they don't seem to be impressed by them. Um, from the CARICOM side, is there any way that the WICB, apart from putting Don, Dave Cameron's head on a platter for them, is there any so, way the WICB can actually compromise towards them and meet them halfway?
0: I don't really see how at this stage. Carrie come digged in their heels, mm-hmm. WICV digged in their heels. It's like this. Let's say uh, if this was like a pol- political election and you could have voted, the fans and media could have voted, there's no way um, the, the, the WICV would be voted back into power, if put that way, right? Yeah. Essentially, we have the 18 administration board members around the Caribbean who essentially enjoy the benefits of being a WACV member, and they will support Dave Cameron until the end. I just do not see anything other than a, a mad collision mm-hmm. come July at the next Carrie Heads meeting. It, it's, it's probably the only way this is going to end anyway. It, we've been in a consistent cataclysm of madness since 1995, and it's only a matter of time, really. <laughs> really, you know, it's, think, it's only a matter of time. You can't avoid it yeah. because, and the next thing I would say, without even calling names. Certain players have already begun to consider their futures. Yeah. And if Carrickham does not make a move, this Titanium World Cup is essentially the end of a lot of these guys' yeah. tenure. So yeah. they're making big moves behind the scenes right now. I would, just, I would just leave it for the players to make their announcement because they're... People like to think these guys are just merciful. These guys are very smart. They know what's going on. Mm-hmm. As I always tell the players behind the scenes too, if you guys want to talk and you speak out your minds, a lot of fans in the media will be shocked of how articulate you are. But they don't care. Yeah. They don't. They. A lot of them. That's why, for example, essentially why um, the last standoff did not result in a walkout before the World Cup. They, they don't really. They're they're not in a position anywhere to fight the board. I can I know I can say this now. For example, Dwayne Bravo, that same money that Sammy was arguing about, he's giving his t20 money to charity. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. So yeah. for, so much so much for a guy who's a money tiger. He, yeah. he he's playing for the West Indies. Yeah. So th- yeah, I don't see anything other than a, a standoff. All I just hope is that, as I said at, at the top, is that come Gets good advice of formulating the committee, you know. That's yeah.
1: all I can say. It sounds to me dreadfully like we're going to see a lot more disharmony um, before the ODIs against South Africa and Australia in the Caribbean.
0: And that's the, right. Get your popcorn.
1: And the India Test series, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I know you and I are the other sides of the fence, as it were, though we're not as extreme as the Gary Comhands and Dave Cameron. Yeah, yeah. I think, we may be the other sides of the fence, Colin, but we could certainly reach over and hand each other a, a Coca-Cola or something like that and uh, shake hands. Um, That's for sure. <laughs> um, it's a shame, and I agree with you. I do fear the worst, but we will watch this space and doubtless revisit it, and I hope there's the opportunity... For you and I to talk more on the developments as they happen in the future, uh, Colin. Let me thank you ever so much for taking the time to join me.
0: Yeah, thanks everyone again. And yeah, I guess I'll hope for the best, but I'm not holding my breath. Right?
1: Yeah, hope for the best and fear the worst. No, I'm, I I agree with you. Uh, this has been an extra edition of The Willow in the Windies, the uh, Caribbean Cricket Podcast. I've been joined by Colin Benjamin, and uh, I hope you can join me again sometime soon. Goodbye.